Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I'm SAP's Precess Lead for S4HANA Strategy and Logistics. And I'm very happy that you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. So let's start off this episode six with a riddle. What do have following words in common? Trade, transportation, and hospitality. Well, all of them are industries and all of them have been heavily disrupted by completely new players within the last years. Trade has become synonymous with Amazon. Transportation has been heavily disrupted by Uber. And hospitality is an industry which has not been the same again since Airbnb appeared. But there's another similarity. All of those players basically did not bring with them what you would expect to be needed to be successful in these industries. Amazon did at that time not have one store. Uber, not a single owned car. And also did Airbnb not have one single owned bedroom. They all did this via technology. Probably you heard the story when Jack Ma was ridiculed in Asia when he said years ago that he would win each month one million new customers for Alibaba. Everybody said this is impossible because in such a short time he would never be able to build up all the necessary infrastructure like warehouses. But for him, it was not a question of warehouses. It was just one server each month to achieve that. Just one server. So you will be hard pressed not to have realized that digitalization is the fourth industrial revolution. It is the area where the main decisive actions concerning your business model, processes and infrastructure are taken. It is the main business battlefield of the 21st century where your actions and decisions result in either being the disruptor of your industry or being out disrupted into marginalization. But what does this mean for SAP, its partners and its customers? Well, for this episode, I have met with one of SAP's key players in the area of product strategy to discuss the state and future of digitalization. I'm very humbled to welcome Mr. Sven Deniken, who is in his role as Senior Vice President of Product Success and Co-Innovation, the one you want to hear talking about his personal insights in topics like the actual state of digitalization, the emerging technologies that will matter most to you, what is the role of cloud technologies and experience data in all of that, and which innovation strategy you should follow to be successful in the 21st century. So please like, share and subscribe us and listen now to the vision and thoughts of Mr. Swendeniken here at the SAP Experts Podcast. Remember our trailer when we are announcing the true heavyweights of the SAP universe? Seldom this announcement was more right than today because few people have left so large footprints in the SAP world than today's guest, who is the Senior Vice President, Head of Product Success and Innovation is for HANA. So on this almost frosty wild of morning, let's give a very warm welcome to Mr. Sven Deniken. First of all, thanks for having me and thanks for the flowers. <laughs> Sven, <laughs> it's great to have you and thank you very much that you took the time for this podcast uh, because your calendar is probably one of the busiest in the industry. And um, that's why I'm quite interested in, of course, what are your big topics or events in the last weeks and months? What took your time and your attention most? Yeah, pro probably true, but I have a very good office. It keeps me <laughs> honest. Um, so 
I think um, the, the one and only that I always can tell in the job that I have and product management is always balancing between market and actually engineering. Mm is sitting together with customers and partners mm. and figuring out what is the reality. You know, mm. we all live in times of buzzwords. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about digital transformation a little bit later, I assume. Mm. Um, but what is the reality at the clients? Yeah. And that also goes in a topic we need to touch to what is the client? Mm. So the people you meet and the appetite they have to discuss with us is actually a big motivator. So when, when you talk about the reality of the customer, um, do you see something like um, a gap or where, are, where customers are at, let's say, different statuses concerning the industries? Mm -hmm. And so uh, different industries may have like more to catch up than others? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and there are always gaps, actually, mm -hmm. that makes our job so interesting mm -hmm. because there is a state or there's a discussion about the desire to a uh, change. Mm -hmm. And that is different depending, again, on which industry is mm -hmm. one. The other one is geography. Mm -hmm. It's a very important one. Definitely the engagement with customers in Asia is different than it is here, than it is in the U.S. And the third one is with whom do you talk? Do you mm -hmm. talk to someone who has been very long doing things as he used to do? Mm -hmm. uh, do you talk to someone who just joined to shake up an organization, to change a company mm -hmm. because the business models are changing? Mm -hmm. So this are, is a complete bandwidth of interactions that you can have, not only in my job, but also in our industry and specifically for SAP. This is an interesting topic. Um, where are these differences? Um, is, is for example, like Asia is more dynamic than, for example, other countries, just as an example, mm -hmm. or yeah. what are your ex uh, experiences? Yeah, it's a very good one. Uh, for, for many people, it is obvious that mm. there is a change. And um, let's take greater China, which mm. is a big region, by the way. Mm. Um, we tend, looking from our lens here, to think this is just one region in APAC. Mm -hmm. It is five. But let's pick one and greater China. It is not a say, it's just a reality if you go there that the attitude to address a change, to address mm -hmm. actually a project, to address innovation is on a different scale. Mm -hmm. And this is something which I like very much because you can learn from there. And if you meet now customers like I do here very often in mm -hmm. Waldorf in the living room sixth floor, uh, sixth floor mm -hmm. where people come or if you go out in the US, you, you can triage with those examples mm -hmm. and they want to hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a competitive environment, mm -hmm. which, which we are all in, but it's also an environment where when you build networks, that is something where the people want to understand. Um, I want to stress what you said now, because um, the openness, I think, is definitely there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the ideas concerning what digitalization may mean for them or digital transformation may mean for them um, in, can be quite different um, because let's say digital transformation itself, it's an empty word, of mm. course. Yeah, it may ask like five people and you get six different answers. Right. Where do you think first is the common sense mm. concerning digital transformation? And what are, let's say, the most anticipated changes and consequences out of that? Yeah, and I would, would like to connect it with a very concrete example, mm -hmm. but it boils down at the end to business processes mm -hmm. and to people. Mm -hmm. And the third one, which people usually mention first, which is technology, for mm -hmm. me, is an enabler. Mm -hmm. Technology itself is meaningless. It yeah. doesn't serve a purpose. And who best can see that at SAP? We have very good technology and we leverage that, but the outcome is what, does change for the people and what does change for a business process. Let's make an example. 
big oil companies who actually transformed their business model to be energy providers, let's mm -hmm. say, in the electric environment. Mm -hmm. We have a very, very concrete customer here, which everyone, if they look at this logo, would say, hmm, yeah, it's an oil company. But they are completely transforming their business model to look into the battery business, which is a consumer business. It is They have some experience in retail, because they bring their gas to the people but they're completely changing. They're putting retail stores actually as a convenience and entertainment store because you're going to spend more time there while you charge your electrical car. They have to do with the end user who has maybe those batteries in their household. So it's a very concrete example where not only the business process itself changes, but also the people who you put on that. And I know that because we're putting very modern platforms, mostly consumed as a service, into those very large, very loyal, very big customers of SAP to fuel their future growth. And if you go out to them, you need to know where they come from. Mm -hmm. And you need to have the, the humble and the respectness about what we already do with them. But you need to help the customer to fuel this new platform. And that happens in many, many industries. Um, the, the feedback I got from a customer lately is from, from his like personal perspective. When he said, I'm quite of course, open to digitalization and so on. But for myself, I feel that little anxiousness, of course, yeah, what will turn out in the next years? Because the, the feeling is mm. like boundaries are blurring and so on. Like a car manufacturer of yesterday is now a car manufacturer and a retailer and a trader of today. And like everything is put like into a big box and is shaken and then pulled out again. Yeah. Um, do you think there are certain recipes for how to cope best with that kind of change? And, and, and even I would like to tie it to those discussions about automation, mm -hmm. intelligent technologies, which mm -hmm. creates a certain amount of anxiety on mm -hmm. one part of, of the population, but on the other side also those fears. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there is one recipe. You need to boil it down to the situation of a company. Mm -hmm. Even you could look at SAP. We went through and we're still going through a large digital transformation, even for our workforce. So I think first and foremost, companies need to focus on, on the workforce for the higher value outcomes. What can you automate to free up the people? But yes, and I blocked up about that very early, all this automation will create change in jobs and there will be people who will need to be trained, will need to be taken with us and you will need new approaches. And that is something where there is no, as I said, one recipe that you can lean to. Um, if, if you force me to give one recipe, it is a constant learning. Mm -hmm. So how do you really embrace? How do you go forward and step forward? At the end of this, uh, it also comes, starts with wording. If I go to a customer and says, hey, we want you to keep our lights on. Mm -hmm. I think we're already going to the wrong direction because there is an importance of a stable platform. But the question is, where do you change first and how do you change? How fast? And these are extrinsic factors coming from the outside, from the market, from the competition, from other regions, which you need to prepare for. And I think SAP went through that as well. But th that's a positive message because when you say that constant learning is a recipe or if there is a recipe, it's constant learning, then it's, it's the same like it has been in the past yeah, and it will be the same in the future. So mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing that we have to be afraid of, which is... Absolutely not. And, and, and you said that when, when you mentioned my title, which mm -hmm. is unfortunately a mouthful, um, co-innovation. Yeah. And, and I always did co-innovation. Mm -hmm. This is not a program. This is not an idea. This is a mindset. 
which by the way, why is my calendar so full? Because I, I like that. And that motivates me in the morning, go out there, being it here internally, being it with customers and partners out there, um, to, to have that constant notion of co-innovating, thinking about new things. And then of course, afterwards, quote unquote, codifying it, bring it into solutions. Because next to the workforce, which we mentioned, it's this change of business models, we're going to allude to for sure, mm-hmm. uh, where this automation actually gets very tangible. Mm-hmm. So literally also, where do I save time then mm-hmm. to get into that constant learning? And it is also a personal topic. Are you ready to learn? Are you willing to learn? That's a good point because um, with Glenn Gonzalez, um, some episodes ago, we, we discussed right that, that um, the and of course, one effect, you might have to learn faster, but one effect of this new technology is that it's going to be easier for you to learn because information is much better to, to, to grasp and to, to be worked with. And as an organization where you have to learn, yeah, like for example, what is your customer expecting from you? And so mm-hmm. these new kinds of technology also give you um, the, the possibilities. But before we go into the mm. experience management topic, um, which you probably expect that we will go... Um, I expected that question, yeah. <laughs> let's first um, put something different on the table because when we are talking about digital transformation, very often another word is coming quite close into this discussion, which is cloud. Mm. Is there really that fixed connection that digital transformation and cloud are basically one thing or you should or, or are you able like to achieve the same or similar possibilities in the digital transformation without cloud is it mandatory or is it mm-hmm. optional so first of all i don't think it is the same mm-hmm. but it is tightly connected mm-hmm. but let's start with defining what are we talking about cloud mm-hmm. because your definition of cloud might be completely different Absolutely. and the situation so mm-hmm. let me try to make it simple um, if you talk about consuming a service, mm-hmm. software as a service, there are a couple of layers below, which mm-hmm. also people call cloud. So infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I think the pervasiveness and the commoditization of that infrastructure is a reality. Specifically as you run businesses, if you learn from things across the globe, like open SAP, mm-hmm. that hasn't been there, I think, five years ago. Today is the absolute normal. And you don't care where and how you consume. Second, it is the platform that you need to have to build your pieces on, your own ones, the openness to the ecosystem. And the third one is the software, the solution itself, what you consume as the end user in your private life, on your Mm -hmm. phone, or in your business life. Mm -hmm. So all of that actually has to do with cloud. But my definition of cloud, when I go to customers, is a little bit a different one. Mm -hmm. And that ties it for me with digital transformation. That's the speed of innovation you can achieve and the degree of automation of getting this innovative parts without long-lasting projects, interference, or disturbance of your business processes. So very often as a consumer, we less do care, maybe sometimes we should, we less do care what a provider, what a service provider gives us. We just consume. If Mm -hmm. we like, we do. We also, if we don't like, we Mm -hmm. toss it. And the business world will come to the same situation. And this is the speed of innovation in the cloud, which I like. Mm-hmm. And that's why most of the companies are very successful to use also for there's new platforms. Let's come back to the example I mentioned earlier. Um, also in the automotive industry, when they build their electric cars, this will be new platforms which will grow and you can grow faster in the cloud. That's a good point because um, you mentioned that uh, we as private people um, are 
much more fast, innovative, quite often um, with the usage of cloud technology, software as a service, and so on in our daily life. And it's us, our private ego, our private me, that's giving the, let's say, route and direction for our business self and for the mm. companies and so mm -hmm. on, because we are the customers in, in, in the end of ourselves. Um, are you thinking like everything will be once completely disintermediated in our consume of software as a services? So, which would be something like a natural consequence? Mm. Or do you think like hybrid scenarios are the future? So first of all, it's the latter. Because mm. what does hybrid mean? Hybrid means that certain things as a person, equally that as a company, I want to keep more under control. Mm -hmm. And others, I use a more service attitude and consume it more. Let me give you again that example. If, if I run a company like I run it today and don't change it constantly, we all know mm -hmm. the digital transformation will hit us, mm -hmm. which at the end is competition, mm -hmm. which at the end is maybe the consumer reacts different to us, where experience and transactions need to meet. Now, here, here's the point. How you consume it is very much defined by how much time do you have, how, mm -hmm. how thorough are you. you. You don't put everything on a fast innovation where you don't need to. Many people, and I say speed of innovation, mm -hmm. but what I mean also with speed of innovation, does everything need to be faster? No, that's also a wrong implication. Certain things you want to consume less, speedy. You have topics that you want to keep under control. Mm -hmm. And that is also a definition of hybrid, which is away from the classical like deployment models. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Companies will own certain things. Absolutely, they should put it on infrastructure as a service, and maybe they cannot call that even cloud. Mm -hmm. But I mean by that, how much impact, how much influence, how much skill sets do you have? That is what you keep. And others will completely, quote unquote, give to a provider because you're happy that he keeps a high pace or a dedicated pace of innovation. That is the hybrid world. And for us at SAP and for our ecosystem and for our customer, it does mean we shouldn't be like other vendors forcing the customer to a certain model, to a certain speed of innovation. We should pick him up where he is mm -hmm. and give him that choice. Now, giving choice also does mean we have a point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's where industry knowledge, global knowledge absolutely kicks in. It's simple to pick one part of a business process and do that better than any other because you completely focus on this one, mm -hmm. but that luxury companies don't have. That's a good point, because uh, choice quite often um, may result in unsecurity and uncertainty. What shall I do? And this is a question, of course, that many customers have in that way. Do you think there are certain points which are like, if you are in this or in that situation, this is something for the cloud. If you are in this mm. or in that situation, this is something for on-premise. Do you have something like, um, let's say, um, methodology or certain aspects where you can put on recommendations? Uh, absolutely, we should, as SAP specifically, but together with our partners. Let me give you an, one, ex one other example, which I think comes very often. That's the, the outcome-based models mm -hmm. that we see in businesses. Many business will have that, many industries, some earlier than others. And only answering that question for you as a company determines already the pace that you go. If you see that your competition is going to outcome-based models, mm -hmm. then you should be rather fast. And mm -hmm. then it's very natural that it's not a rocket science that 
business processes there are based on service level agreements, which, by the way, have an impact of entirely how you run your service organization, your manufacturing organization, your finance. Mm -hmm. And you want to have it in one, but you want to react differently. And this is even a hybrid inside a company where we say the traditional, where you produce, where you afterwards service, and how your depreciation in finance is, is one way of doing business. The Mm -hmm. other one outcome-based is a second one, maybe a growing one, but you want to have it together. And on this fast innovation pieces, of course, a cloud-based a service, as a, as a software as a mm-hmm. service-based approach is the one which always will be superior. The, the, this is an absolute great point because um, there is this, what I call sometimes a little bit no-brainer distinction. Like if you have commodity, talking about commodity processes, there's absolutely no reason. Yeah, to put them something like in your basement on, on premise. I just want to consume them as a service. Concerning the diversifying processes, um, this is a quite a good uh, way to go forward when you say, uh, mm-hmm. let's look at my business. Is it outcome based or not? And so I can quite easily decide. But maybe maybe just to uh, to add to that. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, if you go now to these new topics you need a platform that is open mm-hmm. and they can consume them from the yeah. cloud because you don't want to invest in all those pieces. Yeah. And that brings me back to the technology angle mm-hmm. where in my role, a lot of people come to me also here internally and tell me, hey, I have this new idea. I have this new technology. Mm-hmm. Do you want to use it for mm-hmm. S4? And I say, great idea. Go back to the platform, deliver it to me as a service. Mm-hmm. And there are three reasons for it. Number one, it needs to be a service Mm -hmm. to be afterwards open that the ecosystem can leverage. Second, it needs to be scalable and trustful. So go that extra mile to have it in the platform, consumable with the quality. And the third one, I want to consume the same service that my partners and my customers use. Not there is an SAP where and there's another way. No, all of us should be in the same one. That creates stability and quality. Absolutely. And because uh, it's... um it's not a one-way street. Yeah, When you take a choice, for example, at the moment, maybe on-prem is for me, let's say, the, the right choice. Um, if you then put your individuality like on the sub-cloud platform, yeah, you can take it with you if you then choose to go like on an ST or MT cloud installation. And this is a great message, um, in my opinion, about mm. that. Um, is there a certain way to measure the success of digital transformation? I think this is a big challenge for the industry mm-hmm. because in a fast-moving environment, there's a lot of topics that influence a change. Would you now be able to say this way how I changed or implemented or activated mm-hmm. in the cloud my solution has led to this outcome? You can make that argument, but there were many others around that and would have they been there or not there? I would rather argue the healthiness of, of a customer um, is defined by mainly three things. Number one, um, the, the, the success, of course, in financial measures. That is something very obvious. Absolutely. But all the measures you do in digital transformation usually drive to either be much faster to go to new markets or avoid a downturn being in a higher margin business. The second one is, the and, and you want to have that experience truly also measured is your people, your customers, and your partners, are, are they with you in mm-hmm. that transformation? And that is something where many people don't do, right? They look at the project, they look at the commodity and say, now I can 
actually be faster from the click to from the homepage towards the order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's many things around which you need to measure as well. And the third one, and I truly believe that is, do you have the happiness or enough happiness in your workforce, the new one, the existing one? Do you combine the teams with enough experience and new people coming in with different thinking? Because the people factor as we started is so big influence about a true digital transformation. Mm-hmm. 40% of every project is change management. So those are all the things that you need to measure to afterwards rightfully say, my transformation is successful. And by the way, just the transformation before the next one. We always talk, or we tend, of course, always to talk a little bit more about the transformation um, of our customers than the digital transformation of ourselves or the way we have to change to cope with those um, quite changing demands from our customer to us. Um, when we are going like from an, an on-premise to a SAS world, um, how does something like, for example, development organization has have to change? Because the pressure on you Mm. Of course, it's getting much higher also. Yeah. And then I used to, and many of my colleagues also used to refer to Conway's Law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conway's Law, which actually was introduced in 67, states that an organization, and I'm reading that out here, right? An organization which designs systems mm-hmm. is constrained to produce designs which are copies of the communication structures of these organizations. For me, it is how you build your organization. This is how your product or service will look like. Absolutely. You have bad organizations, bad motivation, mm-hmm. bad flow of information, bad or slow decision making. This is exactly how your service will look like. And this is something we're tackling at SAP. And by the way, we need to constantly tackling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to say we're a cloud company. That's a state of mind. It's easy to say we co-innovate. If you're not truly and empathic to the client to pick that up, even knowing and telling him, Not everything, this is not like code for food. This is what can we do to improve? And it's also internally. Do we have the right people together or are we working in silos with different KPIs, which at the end we all know don't feed together? And and this is something where I see this is a lot of truth in there. And as we're constantly addressing that also for SAP, that's the transformation we are in. And by the way, we also should measure and do. Um, take our employee service. Yeah. They give us a lot of insights. And I think this is also an instantiation about what people that go outside see. And I don't think that we talk a lot about with this intelligent enterprise. This is not just because of us, companies get more intelligent. They are or they are not, they are on their way, but we can help them to get better. Yeah. And again, we are in that as well as the ecosystem, as well as the client. I always like when I come to meetings, that it's a round table where minimum three of those parties sit. The client who actually has a topic to be addressed, us, as I think, seeing a lot of those things, and the partner, because this is also what makes and will make the future SAP very strong. That ecosystem is part of that transformation. You were referring to the um, employee service, for example, as on way to get direction and that's where we are already in a very interesting area which is or can be like covered by a letter and this letter is x um this can be the guiding light this is something what what i've heard lately the guiding light into the digital age um, Mm. where you have of course to get the feedback and to get the routing where all your digitalization in which direction it goes Mm. um How ready do you think 
is the market for experience data? I think the ones who are winning, mm -hmm. they already ingrained that in their thinking. No matter how they technically do it, we'll come to that a little bit later. They understand that the experience that you have inside the company, the customers have with your product or service, um, the experience that you have with actually do they like to interact with you as a brand, it's something very normal. It's something that maybe in the past we have quote-unquote outsourced to a marketing department and thought it will be taken care of there mm -hmm. with underestimating how much impact my product or service has to the happiness of my customer, even of my employees. A developer wants to see his code to make an impact in the world. Mm -hmm. A customer wants, in that, especially in the transformation, get a better outcome for what he uses. And this is something where now, of course, technology we have today makes it much more seamless to measure that. Let me give you an example. If I'm in an R&D department of SAP mm -hmm. or an R&D department of one of our many, many, many clients, I make decisions that have actually a big impact. At us, it impacts actually 75% of the worldwide GDP, if you yeah. want so. Yeah. That's why I still get goosebumps walking here in Waldorf mm -hmm. into actually building one. Yeah. Um, even if we are now a global company and many contribute. But that's for me that instantiation that I like what I do, but I also know. So I want to have that data. I want mm. to measure about what is the experience others get from what I'm doing. If I co-innovate as a product manager, sitting together with a client, I want to feel, but also I want to measure that happiness he has due to the long-lasting interactions mm -hmm. we have. And this is where this experience that we make on many, many touch points also comes down to a technology that you use because what you measure today might be different what you measure tomorrow. But what you measure today, you want to compare it with something. And the other point is you mentioned X and you will also, I think, very soon mention O, so the operational data. Mm -hmm which we are much, much more known for, that combo for me, specifically as a product manager, is utmost important. Yeah. Three, three levels. Number one, can I constantly measure to what we produce creates outcome, creates happiness, creates impact? Mm -hmm. Second, can the customer measure through the combination of that technology about now he's using this business process, he has an outcome-based mm -hmm. contract. How happy is that client compared to a traditional client where he sells a product, afterwards the service technician comes, afterwards there's maintenance. So, and those are things that customers need. And the third one, let's never forget that, the employees who make that impact, right? An employee survey is not a new instantiation. Yeah. Many, many clients out there. But the question is how you connect it to your work. Do you understand that what you do to what it contributes? And do you understand that what you bring in there, which is your personal experience, creates a dedicated outcome, mm -hmm. like a net promoter score of a client. And, and this is something very tangible. And that's why the operational part and the experience part always has been together. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it has been a standard part of the technology, the solution, yeah. and the way how we build. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I think it's, it's like, if you look at... Uh, disrupted industries and those players who disrupted industries in the last 10 years, most of them, if not all or all, almost all, have done that via the experience factor. Yeah, If you look at Amazon, Uber, Airbnb, and all those, those famous things. Um, the difference, though, is now that those companies in most 
cases did that not really fact-based because they were not able and to, to use the technology to make, to have these ideas, to, to, to generate these ideas. This was something more or less which came out of their mind. But now with experience management, we are able to do those decisions in those directions fact-based because we really know about the effects and we do not only have to, we are not limited to like think about the effects, mm. but we know the effects. And this is a big change in that way. It is. Uh, it needs also people who are visionary where yeah. things are going. And let, let's build on that example you mentioned and also bring an SAP example. This direct-to-consumer business has made classical retailer losing mm. ground. Yeah. You, you refer to one. But even now you see that they're starting to uh, to build stores again yeah. where people can interact. Mm -hmm. So I think they understand how they disrupt the traditional way, but they also know, I would call that actually hybrid. Mm -hmm. so, so they have a very clear strategy. They think about the end outcome. At SAP that would have been, and I've been around for a while, so I think I still can mm, explain what ERP means. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some people don't even know the abbreviation. But bringing that to the next phase, to that S4, had a visionary thought about what would it be if we would have all data or most of the data in real time at our fingertips to make better business decisions, mm -hmm. not only faster, better ones. Now you can say that, oh, technology, clear. It's a fast, reliable in-memory data. Uh, second, it is real-time data. We can analyze it. Uh, if we analyze, we can look at around the corner so it can be predictive. Mm -hmm you need to think about exactly that end point to peel it back to where you start, to put it on the HANA, to put it actually in real-time analytics, to give predictive and automation and process robotic automation in the hands of the end user. So in the screen mm -hmm. where he makes the decision, all the data and the ideas are already coming together. With many of these innovation topics, of course, it's the where do I start point, which when it gets like tricky and um, Let's imagine a customer said, I got that. I'm really interested. I want to be to put experience data and that aspect as a central part of my um, the way I steer my company. Where should a customer ideally start or, and how can we help them? Mm. So let's take again a very concrete example. And I think here at SAP and especially as Germans, which I am, um, we love cars. Definitely. And we love analogies to cars. So why don't we take one again? So in a, in a classical environment, in an automotive car maker, and you actually you also started with it, I recall, the beginning of this podcast, mm -hmm. it is you make cars, you sell cars, you finance cars, you service cars. Yeah. But now you are actually seeing where utilities is. Like, hey, you generate electricity, you transmit that, you distribute, and you sell that. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third one which comes into actually in that very industry is the cities, how you attract citizens, how you make actually happen that you maintain the infrastructure, that you actually collect the taxes and fees. Now, an automotive company is actually a blurring of those three industries, automotive utilities and cities. And, and this is very interesting because that's the digital transformation. Mm -hmm. It's not the digital transformation how they can build faster cars. Right, you know, even recall that say when before the cars came, yeah. people were more asking for faster horses. Exactly. So this is where we are in the constant digital transformation. Where we can help is understanding all of those ingredients, seeing each pieces of the digital transformation and bringing it together. And I'll take that uh, analogy for cars very simply also when I explain process robotic automation. Mm -hmm. We come from an era where we have automated and speed up 
everything, every business process, yeah. but we're coming to automation and the next point will be autonomous. Yeah. We will see business processes throughout being autonomous or more autonomous. And this is, I think, where we can help to show the client about what this technology can help you to improve, also help them to say where to be caution and where to be actually not behind, but be mm -hmm. pushy. And this is something where only with the deep industry knowledge you can do. But then we are again at that point, like where we were with the processes, which are my commodity processes, which are my diversifying processes, which are my which are my value adding activities, which are my more or less say keep the lights on activities, yeah. And this can already be something like a first guidance, yeah, to say where can I use this. It can, mm -hmm. but I want to also prevent the people of thinking there is a simple recipe. Definitely. And make, let me make another example. A lot of people would argue that purchasing something is a commodity mm -hmm. business process. And as a matter of fact, it is to a certain degree. But how do you take the data and that business process into your digital transformation, which is actually a new contract awarded or a contract loss, mm -hmm. creates a lot of money you need to put to keep your inventory buffers in your warehouse on the yeah. exact level. Sounds very traditional. But everything beneath that, like the contract, the, the customer interaction, how much do you need to purchase from a supplier to keep your manufacturing running and how much do you store at the end, it costs money. Mm -hmm. So the traditional business process of improving purchasing is maybe a commodity, but the impact of that process in the entire flow of your digital transformation, which is thousands and millions of people click on my homepage, yeah. I'd rather be fast. Mm -hmm has an impact to that business process. So it's actually reversing it around. And that's I would argue, no, there is no oversimplification to say this one can be commoditized yeah. because we need that process also to change and to contribute to that new experience that someone wants to have. Like I click on the homepage and not only I get the promise to deliver, it truly comes on the Saturday. But this point, um, right, really directs us to that discussion about current edge. Mm. Because um, sometimes there's a misunderstanding, like a core. Uh, this is something like mm. the more uninteresting stuff. Like let's highly invest in edge. Um, but since like the future um, is an absolute customer-centric processes, yeah, this puts the core back on the table and the innovation mm. power of core. So, is there something in your opinion like an innovation strategy concerning core and edge that people should follow? Because we are always talking a little bit about concentrate on core first or at least mm. get the core something like a maturity level so the edge can fulfill its purpose and start to thrive. Um, what are your mm. experiences? Yeah, so first of all, uh, I don't think it's the one or the other. Mm -hmm. uh, I very often come into the room and they say, hey, here comes the, the back office guy yeah, keeping yeah. the lights on thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think to innovate what you call edge and to keep the core stable is not the right positioning. Mm -hmm. And to say, just focus on the core first is equally not right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll explain you what I mean by that. I think the core is also in constant change, but the main task there is to keep it clean. Mm -hmm. So not to put the bells and whistles into the fridge down there in the basement. And this is what many vendors, I think, fall into the trap. That's why we created S4 mm -hmm. to be a clean core, even available in the cloud to fast innovate. And we're not in a toy business, right? This is running severe companies. So you better have that under control that you can keep the adequate innovation cycle that you need for your business. 
While yes, certain things you can do at the edges, but it's also equally wrong to say, oh, this is just back office and this is the cool stuff, because at the end it needs to work together. To do cool stuff is sometimes much easier to put it to scale and connect it with an end-to-end business process. So my job actually also together with all these engineers is how we keep that core innovating at the adequate speed, not just everything faster, 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 but the adequate speed to the business we're supporting and keep it clean so it can innovate. To conclude this interesting conversation because our busy calendars kick in now again, um, let me ask you about your vision. Um, where will we, or let's say an SAP user, how will they work in three to five years? What is your vision? Yeah, and I think again, we can take a lot of analogies to our private life. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can do that, by the way, today, just for the records, even I can talk to my S4. Mm -hmm. But what I mean by that is the interaction with the solutions will be more guided by the solution itself. Mm -hmm. um, we call that actually internally like situations. Mm -hmm. I know who you are. I know what your job is. And actually, I know your data. Mm -hmm. If I combine that in the right way, I can help to guide you. Yeah. Now you can speak to it, you can type it in, or you can do swiping in, in metrics form, whatever fancy thing. Mm -hmm. But that's just the interaction, the interface that you have to your business problem you want to solve. Now let's assume more and more you want in natural language ask your system about a decision you want to make, about an update you want to have, about some data to be collected. I think that will get reality. The challenge is behind the scenes. There is formidable technology out there. By the way, more and more in private life, maybe in my iPhone, they don't like my accent, so yeah, I need yeah. to train it more, and mm -hmm. maybe I don't have that patience, but that's my personal problem. Mm -hmm. But I think we will do that more and more. Busy schedules mean you want to optimize. The same will happen here. We will let the system guide us more and more, which actually is a big, big topic we need to solve also as SAP with our ecosystem, because that's also a task we will be getting. So better we do it right, mm -hmm. better we understand the situations, the transformations, what the customers want to have, because more and more will come from us. Software as a service means we're taking more. We are solutioning more. We are solving more. And this not works without that tight interaction, going out there, speaking with the clients, with the partners to say, this is what we, this part of the business process should look like this. This is where technology kicks in. So um, my vision is actually we have a tremendous future in front of us as an industry because the digitization also does mean that it's our task constantly to transform technology to real action. And I, th I think that's a good place to be. And this is a really good ending point. Um, Sven, since I'm sure that our listeners will be as excited and inspired by this conversation as I am, where can they get more of you? How can they follow you? Yeah. So first of all, um, I have a personal conviction that is networks belong to the one created, who mm -hmm. created. So follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever you want, whatever fancy form. Let's stay connected. I'm super always interested in feedback, in, in, in conversations uh, like this here. I think it's a formidable format and thanks for having me. So just follow me. Let's stay connected. Let's exchange the ideas. Let's meet on the streets or here, wherever it is. Let's meet via our solutions. That's what I would love to do. Perfect. Sven, thanks a lot. Thanks, Alex. Have a good Thanks day. for having me. Bye-bye.